Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio in Cumming, Georgia, it's time for Forsyth Business Radio. And hello and welcome to one of the very first episodes of Forsyth Business Radio. I am your host, Amanda Pierch, and we are broadcasting live from Cumming, Georgia in our beautiful new studio. It is with great pleasure that I introduce my co-host and my partner in business and in crime, Mr. Steve Cooper. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Amanda. Thank you for having us today. I'm going to wear two hats for our audience. Two hats for our audience. And today is a very special day as I am joined at the table with three generations generations of Cooper men. Now this is your company or your father started this company back in the 60s, 67? 1966. We've been in business 54 years, upcoming on 55. And uh, to kind of... Excuse me, 1966. Bring our listeners up to speed. Try it again, 1967. I was close. Ted said seven. That's why I got my brothers and father here. And I would love to introduce them. So today is a very special episode. We're going to call it the Cooper Blowout Show. This is a general contracting company with a very large and strong presence here in Forsyth County and the surrounding areas. And they have been a proponent for the community and development and general contracting for quite a while. And as I mentioned, today I am joined by three generations, starting with Mr. Ted Cooper. Good morning, Ted. Good morning, Amanda. I'm Ted Cooper. Hello, Ted. And then we've got just in ascending order, we've got Steve, Steve Cooper, and his brother Jim, who are principals to the company. And then we've got our surprised guest today, Evan Cooper. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the show. So today we're going to pay homage to the great work that your general contracting company has been doing in the community. But before I share um, all the great stuff you guys do with our listeners, I'd like to just share a little bit about each of you. So Ted Cooper is the CEO of Cooper and Company General Contractors. He's got 55 plus years of construction experience. He holds both a general contractor and a utility license. He has a bachelor's of science degree from Southern Techie. Am I saying that right? Southern Tech. Southern Tech. Man, someone and put a Y on this paper At the there. time, it was an extension of Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech. Okay. So we've got some rivalry here at the table. Some Georgia Tech and Bulldog rivalry? No Bulldog arr, rivalry. Arr, arr. Okay. Also, he is uh, a 20-year... go dogs. Go dogs. 20-year board of directors, uh, member of the AGC. And Jim is also a part of that organization. I'd love for you guys to share a little bit about what that is, as I have no idea. But continuing with Ted, he is a lifetime board of directors member for the AGC. And also, he's the third-year board member and president of the Comp Trust. So welcome to the show, Ted. Again, again, going in chronological <laughs> order, again, Steve Cooper, who is not only the um, principal and CFO of Forsyth Business Radio, but he is also the principal of Cooper & Company General Contractors. With 30 years of construction experience, he holds both a general contractor and utility foreman's license. He went to Southern Poly Technical University and has a bachelor's of science in construction management. He not only serves as the chair uh, for the board of directors incoming 2024, but he is also on the board of directors and an officer for the Forsyth County Chamber of Commerce. Among sitting on the board of directors for Be More Learning, he participates in several other philanthropic efforts, and I'll let him kind of touch on those throughout the show. Um, moving along to Jim, who is also principal within the company. Um, Jim, Jim, where's your information, Jim? 
Jim, tell me where you went to school. Sure. I went to Auburn University, got a bachelor uh, degree in building science. I see that here. Okay. okay. In building science, in, uh, in building construction, you are the three-term board of director chairman for the AGC of Georgia, correct? Just a three-term board of director, uh, not chairman, just served on the board. Served on the board. Yes. And you're the chairman of the legislative committee. That is correct, Excuse yes. Me. Fantastic. Yes. And I look forward to you expanding on that AGC again because I'm not too familiar with that organization, and it sure. sounds very interesting. Sure. And then last but not least, we're going to say young blood Evan Cooper is in the house. He is a KSU, and that's a Kennesaw State University graduate with a degree in project management, and also he holds a business management degree. Again, I mentioned that I am in the company of three generations of Coopers here at the table, and they all bring a different um, scope and different attributes to the Cooper and Company culture and also the general contracting practice. So gentlemen, I would like to again welcome you to the show and thank you for your patience as we kick off this series here in Forsyth. And I'd like to kind of just allow each of you the opportunity to share about your role within the company and uh, kind of how you got started within the industry. And we will start with you, Ted. Thank you, Amanda. Actually, my start in the industry was much before 1967 when this company started because I started with my father. He was a uh, a brick mason by trade. He later on started doing light general contracting work. And it was my intention all along that uh, when I got out of school that uh, – we would have a construction company. Anyway, that didn't happen. In nineteen sixty four, I came to Atlanta and got a job with a company called Foster and Cooper. Foster and Company, I'm sorry. And I worked there for three years and uh, really enjoyed the work. I enjoyed the guy that I was working with, Charlie Foster. He really didn't care that much about running a company he enjoyed working outside doing uh, not necessarily manual labor but he would like to be outside the field handling the field crews and in 1967 he came to me and says Ted I really don't want to do what I'm doing anymore and I'm just going to close the company up of course that was pretty upsetting to me at the time because I had worked really hard for those three years but he offered me a chance that we formed a copper a a company called Foster and Cooper, and I was the president of the company. That was in 1967. I was 27 years old, and so we began, and we were together for 28 years. We did just any and every kind of job you could think about. I enjoyed doing the uh, a lot of the heavier type, civil type jobs, probably more so than I did building jobs. But anyway. Uh, we stayed together for 28 years. He had two sons in the business, a son-in-law in the business. Steve had just gone to work with us, and Jim was on the wings coming to work with us. Uh, so you started your family in your early 20s then, because you referenced uh, this this company, Foster & Cooper. You were 27. Yes. So you married Miss Gale in your early 20s, and you started your family, and throughout that you were establishing Foster & Cooper. That is correct. Okay, continue. But anyway, uh, in 1967, we started uh, Foster, and, excuse me, Foster and Cooper went to, uh, I forget the, get the years confused, but went from uh, Foster and Cooper 
to Cooper and Company. And after 28 years with Foster and Cooper, we started the Cooper and Company, and it's been 28, almost uh, 29 years now with that company. So from there, we've developed the company where it is today. Steve and Jim have taken off. They've been running the company, doing a great job, probably a better job than I did. Uh, they do things differently from my, what I did, but that's not bad. In many cases, it's probably better than what I did. Uh, now the next generation, Evan is coming up, and he's doing all the things that I used to do but he's doing it differently than I used to do because I used to take off, estimate, price out jobs manually. Evan wants to do it all on computer. Oh, yeah, technology, yeah. really fast-tracking things these days. So anyway, uh, next in line, we got up another brother. Actually, my grandson, Evan's brother, is coming along in about two years, and we'll repeat this process. And how old is your brother, Evan? Younger, obviously. He is younger. He's 20 right now. Okay. He's still He'll in school. He'll be coming on. Mm-hmm. So that's still going to just be three generations, That's right? right. Okay. I'm getting confused with the generations. Ted, thank you for kind of setting up the history um, and the homage to Cooper. I'd like to parlay next to Steve as he is um, next in line, and I'd like for you to share about your role within Cooper, Steve, and kind of how you and uh, Jim are seated at the helm of the organization now together as principals. Yes. Thank you, Amanda. So our role in Cooper and Company as both principals is to keep the generation with all the information, all the good success my father has in line. One thing I don't think we mentioned about my father, he is the past president of AGC and the AGC recipient of the SIR Award. What does AGC stand for, Steve, for our listeners that are unfamiliar with that world? Associated General Contractors. Thank you. So that's like winning the Academy Awards to all of the listeners out there. Wow. Very, very big honor, big shoes to fill. But what we do in Cooper and Company, what my role is, is I oversee operations. We're going to talk to my brother Jim, who is in uh, pre-construction. He gets, acquires all the work. But our firm, we serve 12 industries. We're located, we do projects throughout the southeast. We've done over 636 projects. We're very involved in the community. Some of our associations, as far as giving back to the community, are the North Georgia Community Foundation, Community Foundation for Northeast Georgia, Boy Scouts of America, Good Samaritan, FOCO Frontliners, Jesse's House, The Connection, and Family Promise. Other things we do differently in our community is uh, culture, culture in our company. Uh, You heard my dad talk about doing things differently. So growing up in the construction business, trying to recruit different talent, Our company is really involved in what I call team member retention. Some of the things we do for our team members, we just finished our 3.14 pie day contest. Uh, We do have a big crawfish boil every year for my father on his birthday, March 24th. Right, that's coming up. We've got a lot of buzz going around that crawfish boil. Uh, Fantasy football. And we have a wellness program that uh, all the ladies are involved with with our firm right now that keeps them, uh, keeps them on the go and keeps them happy. I uh, want to mention some of the projects we do. My brother's going to touch on this in a little while, but I always like to talk about our hometown, hometown Forsyth County. We've done numerous jobs for 
Forsyth County Board of Education. Besides the building, the Board of Education itself, some of the K-12 through projects are Johns Creek Elementary, Sharon Elementary. Um, we've done work at Vickery Creek. We've also done work in the religious sector, First Baptist Church, Creekside United Methodist Church, Coming First United Methodist Church, our office, CFI office building, Pittman Road Fire Station, Sharon Forks Library, and the Regional Readiness Center. Currently working on uh, one of our uh, larger projects, the Coming mm-hmm. City Center, which I know Exciting. everyone's really excited about for the future opening up. You guys do some other projects as well. You and I were at the Duluth Library ribbon cutting not too long ago, and I know you did or are currently working on the Norcross Library in our neighboring county here in Gwinnett. So outside of Forsyth County, we're very fortunate to do a lot of work in the public safety sector or municipality. I mentioned that we serve 12 industries. Right now, uh, what's hot is uh, fire stations, libraries, oh, what's government hot? buildings. Everybody, all the women like firemen, so... <laughs> Uh, we have a lot of volunteers wanting to do work for our fire stations. I can imagine. Now, kind of integrating uh, all the wonderful things that you mentioned and the projects that um, future, past, and present, Jim, kind of uh, take the lead and share share how you participate in all of this activity within the marketplace and the community, and maybe share about your role within those projects. Sure. As as far as the role in the, the in our company. I guess the easiest way to explain it is my job is looking to the future. And of course my brother's job is what's going on currently with the company. So my job is basically acquiring the new work and trying to find the jobs that are out there. Uh, You were talking about the hot markets. That's really important to know what's the, what, what is the hot market, what's being built. So uh, that's, that's part of uh, really the biggest role, acquiring the work and how to get work and, and really, you talk about the hot markets, uh, public safety and libraries seem to be a really hot market right now, and mm-hmm. we really like doing projects like that. Um, it, Let's see. I can't. Here you go. How's that? Perfect. Okay, I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> no. Um, but uh, as far as the uh, the role, uh, and it's important we talk about the role in the community because the, the market such as, uh, and I'll use a library as an example, a library is not a library anymore. It is a, basically a community center. So that's, that's kind of important in that you've got uh, a teen room or a room for places uh, for people to gather. And it, uh, it amazes me when you, you mentioned a minute ago the Norcross Library. We, we did just complete that. Mm-hmm. And on the ribbon cutting day, the uh, the library was already filled up with uh, with 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 people. Teen the teen room was already filled up with kids in there. So uh, there's I, definitely a need. I, I think so, and I I thought that was very interesting. Yes, for that collective space, and now more than ever after we experienced with the pandemic and having to do alternative styles of learning, etc. That collaborative co working space that kind of uh, provides the energy and education for the youth and even adults, because I know that those libraries offer some unique programs um, for adults to take advantage of, like 3D printing classes, um, apiaries, sewing, etc. So it really is a pillar for the community, like you said. I, I agree. And well, like I said, the uh, and, and even the, the library we finished here just a few years ago, the Sharon Forest Library, is uh, is a very busy library. I think it's actually, they mentioned it's the 
busiest library, I believe, in the state when it comes to checking checking out of uh, whatever it is to be checked out. Books, but yeah. Not just books, but – and it's uh, it's constantly busy, and so – I think uh, I think just real important. That's that's very rewarding for us to do projects that are uh, seen and used, and will always be uh, something that is uh, really nice to drive by and see at a later date. Yes, and know that you participated in erecting that facility. Yes, I want to kind of just ask a, a silly question, Evan. You might not even be on the same page, but speaking of libraries, do you remember the Dewey Decimal System? Do you remember, mm-hmm. Jim? I remember, yes. Okay, uh, Ted and Steve, you guys remember? Absolutely. Evan, that was probably gone by the time you... Yeah. So I when I was in school, we used to have to actually do, like, research for our book reports in the library where you had to use the Dewey Decimal System to find the book, cite your work, all that, all that. Now you just Google everything and just slap the website. You have no idea That's right. what you missed out on. But there's certain nostalgia in libraries and the Dewey Decimal System that made me just think of that. Jim, I'm curious about how you procure projects. So I know procurement is a large part of your role. Yes. So take us through that process for someone that's not as um, informed about AEC and GCs like yourself. Sure. Thank you. Uh, I guess back 10, 20 years ago, procuring work for a construction company was pretty straightforward in that we got a set of plans and a set of specifications, and we looked at this we would gather quotations from subcontractors and suppliers, come up with a price, and an owner would choose the contractor based solely off who had the lowest price. Mm. Well, that sort of system is becoming more and more antiquated in that it's not being used anymore. And so over the past, especially the past 10 years, we now acquire work by not price is an important factor, but it's not the most important factor they uh, will basically want us to give a resume, experience doing projects similar in nature. And we get graded off basically a point system. Everybody has a different way of doing it, but uh, resume really speaks a lot to how we get awarded a project. And, uh, you know, I, I joked as Evan was going through college, I, I really made sure he knew that uh, public speaking and marketing was really important now because – you will get judged as a contractor off your interview mm-hmm. just as important as you will off your price. So right. you, you have to present yourself well in front of a, a, of a group of people when you're trying to acquire work. You also have to put forth a, a really nice brochure or a book about yourself uh, to try to convince an owner to even get to the stage of somebody considering you for doing a project. So there's a lot of marketing, a lot of uh, interviews that happen now. So it's... Uh, Would you say a lot of it is uh, relation ba- relationship-based as well? Helping fuel the relationships with key players within the community um, are essential to remaining relevant in the procurement process. Exactly. And social media is an important factor too because if you are uh, in front of people as they look on all the social media platforms and they see your company doing certain projects, you're you're there in front and everybody knows this company does this type of work and... It really just helps with the whole marketing of uh, somebody choosing your company. I agree. Uh, Social presence is is key these days, and making sure that you have a positive promotional and professional image online is absolutely a consideration when people are considering you for for a project or job or, or anything. The first thing people do is plug in your name to Facebook and see, like, what kind of posts, what kind of photos exactly. are there. Exactly. So I agree, community involvement. 
So talk a little bit about, and then we're going to parlay to Evan because Evan is Jim's son. For those of you listening that didn't quite know the relationship, um, talk about what it's like working with your child, no offense, your offspring, your son, (laughs) your nice young man whom you had a hand in, in, um, creating. And also Evan, then I'd like for you to share a little bit about your, um, role as well within Cooper. Sure. Sure. Well, I have the, I guess the, the unique perspective of not just having my son working with me, but I've also am working for my dad and with With my brother. brother. So I get to, I guess, experience this from every single angle possible. Um, So I've gone from the student to the teacher, I guess, is the best way of putting it. Um, Although I I do think that Evan is really learning the most from uh, Professor Granddad. Oh, Dad. So, but I I think that's a really cool perspective from my part is, uh, because it really doesn't seem like that long ago that I was in Evan's shoes. Uh, Let me ask you out of curiosity, because, you know, a lot of times with family business, um, you know, Ted, you started it and naturally you would assume that the the fellas might fall into the um, business per se. But I'm sure you would have encouraged them if they wanted to be underwater basket weavers or professional golfers. However, they all managed to kind of stay here within the coop. The coop, get it? The roost. Jim, is being a part of Cooper and Company something that you aspired to do since you were Evan's age or something that you kind of just uh, jumped into because it was the family business? Sure. Well, I still haven't given up on my professional golfing career. <laughs> yes. But the, uh, um, I, I don't know the exact time when I figured out that this was what I was going to do. Uh, sometimes me and my brother both joke that uh, we were in this business from birth. Which is true. So we... We were building things at a very young age, so I don't know uh, if there was just a, uh, an aha moment where I said, okay, this is what, what's going to happen. So uh, it just it was kind of always there, I guess, mm-hmm. always uh, going to be the case. Were you building with Legos and Lincoln Logs? The Lego story is about to happen. Oh, I can't wait. Do you I, know I what Lincoln that. Logs are, Evan? This is so before your time. I'm sorry. And I'm not that much older than you. I just turned 36. But Lincoln Logs, do you know what those are? Yeah. I've, oh, I yes. know what Lincoln Logs of are. Of course. Fantastic. Uh, didn't mean to deviate again. Uh, no, that's so. Now we're gonna we're gonna talk to Evan because Evan, you pursued a um, a degree in project management, obviously to kind mm-hmm. of uh, be a catalyst to what you're doing here with Cooper. So share a little bit about your role within the company and a little bit about what it's like working with three generations of your family. Well, my role in the company so far has been more or less uh, assisting on the pre construction team. So, you know, starting out, it's best to kind of learn what happens before the actual construction occurs so what does happen because i'm not a before the construction yeah, obviously well, the development phase right procurement um you know solicitating bids from subcontractors you know estimating the project and all the quantities of the materials that go with it there's you know there's a lot to do before you can get out there with a the tractor and start moving dirt around so mm-hmm. yeah i'm Definitely getting into that for sure. I've been assisting, you know, my dad and our other team members on uh, projects that we've been trying to get a hold of. So it's been going good so far. So we're all seated here in this beautiful studio and we're all dressed up. All you fellas have on a nice Cooper blue. But we all Mm. know that there's a lot of dirt and diesel 
as uh, Steve Cooper likes to say, in your world in the field. Mm -hmm. So talk a little bit about, um, you know, what an average day in your world might look like, how often you're on a job site, uh, when you put on that hard hat and then boots, or, <laughs> or the times that you're able to spend here in the office eating your delicious, portioned, and healthy lunch. <laughs> well, uh, starting out, the you know, earliest days I was employed at, our company, I definitely, my brother and I both, funny enough, were out on a job site with a hard hat on and boots, and we're sweeping up trash and, you know, sweating, getting a real feel for what it's like out there. And I'm glad I did that because it really helped show me what it's like to be, you know, at any point in the construction process. So that's, you know, the hardest, gruntiest part of the mm -hmm. job. Um, Builds character. Right. So I did that while I was in, you know, part-time in school. And once I finished, I really started doing more in the office. I started learning more about the pre-construction process and the estimating process and talking to subcontractors, forming relationships with them. So, you know, I'm slowly building my experience in the field to the point where, you know, hopefully eventually I will know every aspect of the project inside and out while I'm working on it. So absolutely. That, and I'm sure you will reach that point because sure. you're well on your way. That's, that's correct. Yeah. I have a personal question for you, Evan, because you and I are both enthusiastic about physical fitness. <laughs> How do you think, um, we'll, we'll talk about the importance of remaining, uh, balanced, not only mentally, but physically in order for you to perform, um, at a high level within your organization. Sure. Well, life's about a balance. If something is off, it's going to affect another aspect of your life. So the more balanced you are physically, mentally, in your career, outside of your job, the more even and ready you'll be for whatever life throws at you. So absolutely, I think it's definitely made me much more effective as a person. And disciplined. That's right. I'd say. Well, you heard a little bit about each of the Cooper fellas and about their role within um, Cooper uh, general contracting. Steve, I'd like to um, before, toss before we leave that. Let me make a few statements. Please, here. yes. First off, uh, the boys said they grew up in construction, and that's true. When Steve got out of high school, I'm not really sure that he was ready to go into construction right away. I had to kind of push and shove a little bit, but uh, he took to it well, and I think that he really, really enjoys his career. Jim. Kind of thought he wanted to be an attorney. I have no idea where that came from, but we, we just missed that in a hurry. That, Jim. He, he likes well, to argue a lot. You have to be an attorney to be a con contractor. I can see that. Anyway, he got directed and, and, and has done well. Even the same thing. He thought maybe he wanted to d uh, dwell in real estate a little bit, but I think he got changed his mind a little bit on that. So all these traits still help the company in what we're doing now. And, uh, Anyway, I just wanted to point that out. Oh, and, and you I'm, know, Evan, you can still get your real estate license, and that can be a you know a, an additional revenue stream to what you're doing here. Sure, especially you, if it's on the commercial side. Never what? say never, right? Never say never. Evan, pay attention to your granddaddy. Stay mm -hmm. with what you got. <laughs> I think he does. I would uh, be remiss if I didn't mention all the powerhouse ladies in the Cooper world that kind of stand behind each of you and even um, kind of help out this organization here at Business Radio X. So, Jim, I apologize. I'm. I'm unsure if your wife uh, has an, a participating role. I'll let you speak to that momentarily. But Gail, Ted's Absolutely. wife, 
Um, she plays an integral role here at Cooper. Uh, she works here in the office shoulder to shoulder, and she provides aid in a variety of ways. Shay Cooper, who is Steve's wife, um, I know that she's a, a blessing in my world, and I know that she is really the person that's keeping things in order behind the scenes for Steve here. He's winking at me and laughing. Shay, I know you're listening. No, Shay's the boss. <laughs> Shay's the boss. Now, Jim, talk about uh, uh, the powerhouse woman behind your Cooper dynamic. Sure. My wife, Lindsay, she does not work at the company. Uh, she's told me before that we make a great couple, but we may not would make a great business team. At uh, least she's she's <laughs> able to voice that to you. <laughs> no, but no, she's, uh, she's certainly at home uh, doing all the things that uh, are necessary to keep, uh, like my brother said, to keep me in line, but to uh, keep your family, keep the family uh, functioning right. There's a lot of... Uh, a lot of uh, baseball games that we're going to and a lot of uh, practices for the my two youngest sons you mentioned earlier. Uh, Harrison's uh, in college right now, but I have two younger sons, Griffin and Jackson. They're in uh, elementary school Aww. currently, so there may be future generations coming up soon. There you go. Good thing you had all the fellas because Steve had all the gals. Uh, like Evan said, things have to balance out. They do. And now Evan is taking applications for powerhouse ladies who would like to. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I, I'm unaware if you're if you have a, a women's support system behind you. Evan, please share with our listeners. Uh, well, no. other than your mother, N- not 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 right now. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> One day there will be a powerhouse lady. Yeah. Um, Steve, kind of going back and thank you, Ted, for sharing those uh, right. wonderful nuggets. Uh, of history about about the fellas. Steve, I'd like to open up the floor um, for you to share some things or kind of maybe call someone to the carpet here at the table so that we can kind of uh, share different scopes of each of your world. Sure. So just going back to my father, you know, have a great opportunity. My father left me and my brother and having an opportunity to see the construction company grow as it has. Uh, being a third-generation contractor, being in business for over 50 five years. That's a feat in itself. You don't see a lot of businesses have that generational control back and forth. One thing that I also want to mention, going back to our, our culture and community and being involved with the Chamber of Commerce and the Rotary Club and doing things within our community, that means a lot to our firm, not just to build buildings, but to give back. Blessing working with my brother, father, and nephew, not a lot of people get to do that. And I'm just very thankful, very fortunate. I'm one of the luckiest people alive. Oh. As he fights back tears in his eyes. He's definitely a lucky man. Oh, yes. Yeah, by all means. So you were going to talk to me. You were going to share with our listeners because the first time that you and I shared some time on the air, we were interviewed by a dear friend of mine, Rick Strawn. And you happened just at the tail end for about three minutes to talk about Bigfoot. And you would be surprised how many people out there listened to that podcast and sent Steve an email and wanted to know about his affinity with Bigfoot. And now we've got Jim here at the table. And I'd like for you to share with that half smirk on your face about the reason that you guys love Bigfoot so much and maybe about uh, your enthusiasm where it started in your youth. Yeah, so I know from a marketing standpoint, whatever you slap on Bigfoot, it sells. So a lot of my postings have Bigfoot I have a lot of Bigfoot uh, paraphernalia that people give to me all the time. If you come see my office, it looks like a Bigfoot museum. But uh, I'm going to let my brother talk about his experience very quickly with Bigfoot. 
Sure. <laughs> well, uh, to answer your original question, uh, the reason I think both me and my brother are, uh, I guess, uh, like Bigfoot so much is back going back to our youth. There was uh, there seemed to always be shows on TV about Bigfoot, and for some reason that fascinated us. But what really was the tipping point was the uh, famous episode of the Six Million Dollar Man, where he battled Bigfoot, uh, uh, and it was just uh, you know as a very young kid that really caught our attention. And there's actually uh, seems like multiple shows with Six Million Dollar Man battling Bigfoot. Uh, that just that really started the whole thing and I guess from that point on the infatuation continued especially for my brother uh for those listening that don't know Steve personally he's like six four size 19 shoe I'm just kidding I don't even know if that's a real size but I think that he can empathize maybe a little bit with with the Sasquatch isn't Bigfoot also a Sasquatch I think so and I think it what you say is true that if it's dark outside someone may mistake him for Bigfoot there you go (laughs) It has happened before. It has, I believe it, especially when you're in those car hard overalls out there on that Polaris. So, Amanda, let's ask each of us what our favorite project is before we before we say adios. Yeah, and then I want to say one more thing. By let's start means, with my father. Let's Elder. start. He told me what his favorite project was earlier. Well, Amanda, you asked if I had a favorite project, and I told you really all of them are. I enjoy. Uh, putting the pricing together on projects to see what the costs are supposed to be. And hopefully when we get through, that cost is correct. But every job is interesting. Some of them are more uh, show-off more so than than others. But uh, there's not very few many jobs that we've done that I've not enjoyed. But uh, some of them are special, but, but all of them have been enjoyable with me. In your office, in your Cooper office, which is very nearby, I admire in, we'll call it the pool room, the rec room, because there's a pool table in there. There is a a row of photos with a little bit of information about projects that have been completed in the past. And one that I find very interesting, not that I'm on the the team, you know, when when this occurred, um, but just I find it so fascinating is the Stone Mountain Project. And the reason that I find it very interesting, and maybe you can share a little bit more about it, is because I can only imagine logistically the challenges that um, you faced to haul all of the materials to erect the uh, building to the top of Stone Mountain. See, all that's important, but what was more important, that was one of Steve's first jobs. Wow. And I enjoyed that more than I did all the task of working out logistics of the job mm-hmm. i can see that trial not by error trial by fruition trial by fruition well being that that was your first project obviously that was noteworthy would you consider that one of your favorites and if not what would you say is one of your favorite projects no that's my favorite because uh, my father did a job at stone mountain 20 25 years earlier and we were fortunate enough to have uh, relationships with the Stone Mountain Memorial Association, and we got to do the top of the tram, the bottom of the tram, right before the Olympics came. And we have a picture of me and my father up on that mountain thirty years ago. So it was a, it was a meaningful project. For and that us. was the last time you climbed Stone Mountain, wasn't it? That was the last time. <laughs> How did I know, Jim? What would you say is a past, present, or future project that stands out to you in your mind? Sure. The uh, obviously being in the uh, 
pre-construction side of things, we're always looking for future projects. And, and I, we, we had mentioned it earlier. I really love doing anything in the public safety and library arena. Uh, so that's, that's really where we're looking for those into the future. But as far as a past project, uh, my favorite project to date was the Zion Hill Baptist Church uh, for many different reasons. Uh, but mainly that was, there was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears involved on that project. It was a very challenging but rewarding project. Uh, uh, did win a Build Georgia Award, so wow. very proud of that. But uh, that was also really the last project that I was an official project manager on before stepping into you know more of the leadership role in the comp- excuse me in the company where you know really not a project manager anymore you know, as far as leadership. So that was kind of the last one where I was a PM on. And uh, it was uh, it's a really nice church. It was a large church, uh, and it just it's really a, a church that looks really good on a, a brochure too. I'm gonna have to give it a Google after the show. Yes, definitely. Very nice. Now, Evan, the same question, uh, but then I have some follow up questions for you as well because I want to deep dive into your world just a little bit more because I'm a very curious person. Sure. But uh, in your um, tenure with Cooper, what would you say is the most noteworthy or your favorite project? Well, right now, it would have to be one we actually just were recently awarded, uh, Cherokee County Fire Station number 15. Congratulations on being awarded. Well, thank you. I uh, I would say that that's my favorite simply because I actually, you know, put in a decent amount of time into that project as far as doing some of the labor quantity estimating and the pre-construction process. So, I, you know, it it's nice to have helped get a project awarded to our company Mm -hmm. at this point so that's that's why it's my favorite well congratulations and out of curiosity because we've all experienced uh, with where the world is today with supply chain and building materials etc involved in your estimation process Mm -hmm. I'm sure that you have to overcome some challenges in finding the materials to you know complete the projects is that sure still, still something that's relevant in your world yeah absolutely so a lot of that ends up falling onto our subcontractors. So um, one of the biggest issues we've had recently is price escalation. So subcontractors, you know, aren't able to hold their prices for as long as they used to be able to. So it makes it challenging when you're trying to, you know, come up with a big estimate for a project and then somebody comes back and says that their price has gone up 10%, it, you know puts a little bit of a damper on things. But we've uh, we've done a pretty good job of working through it and working with the subcontractors and owners to try to mitigate that as much as we can. So I would say we're doing our best. Absolutely. And just out of curiosity, let's say that there was a steel purveyor mm-hmm. um, or, or anybody that wants to work in a subcontractor, um, you know, type role in your world how would somebody how do you select those people like how do you use do you have preferred vendors what does that look like in your world and excuse my naivety because i'm not in the gc world but i imagine you have a million people knocking at your door because they have what you need to build that building talk us through the process of selection in that regard so as far as selection goes we generally we put out the packages for bids so the steel package on a project we're going to have you know, maybe 20, 30 or so subcontractors that we invite 
to view the plans for the project and give us their proposal for what they can do the project for. So generally speaking, you know, we like to use the best number, the low number, the most complete proposal lacking, you know, errors. So, um, but there are obviously contractors that we've done more work with in the past that we would keep our eye out for more. Right. But I would definitely say, you know, any company that's a good company and is going to provide us with the best proposal they can Mm -hmm. has a fair shot at doing work with us. Very cool. Thank you for helping educate me and our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Thank you, gentlemen, for your time today and helping me, you know, understand a little bit more about your world. I've very much enjoyed speaking to all of you. Um, Steve, is there anything else you'd like to add or share? Yes. uh, Number one, Amanda, this is mine and and yours first show. I appreciate the opportunity to be uh, business partners with, you know, three things that drew me to Amanda was I knew that she has muscle and a lot of hustle. She's smart with a sweetheart, and she's the hostess with the mostest. Oh, Steve. And a couple more thank yous. One, number one, my buddy Adam Rhodes, the uh, president of Lanier Club Rotary, had some surgery the other day. Thoughts and prayers for him. And then most of all, thanks to my father for getting this thing started. If it wasn't for him, we wouldn't be here today. So thank you, Dad. Absolutely. Ted, you have, uh, you have uh, a wonderful legacy here within Cooper and Company. And I'd like to ask, as, as a final thought, what does it mean to you to leave a legacy? It's really kind of hard to explain. Steve said a while ago he was the luckiest man in the room. He really is not. I am. Oh. So, There's so start, much love yeah, in this room. When I start talking about my family, I get so emotional sometimes I can't even think straight. That's okay. It's, it's because you've got a very um, a wonderful family, and you should be proud. And you've worked very hard to uh, create a culture and, like I said, a legacy. That's the only thing that stands out to me. I'm sitting here at a table full of legacy Coopers, and I'm the lucky gal. Um, I do want to take the time to thank some of our partners that helped make this possible. Um, we're seated here at a table that was um, due to that we got from our furniture partners at Office Creations, and I think Jim, you even mentioned that these Adirondack chairs are extremely comfortable, didn't you? Yes, they are. You might have to swipe a couple for his office, he said. And that is again thanks to our partners at Office Creations. Visit them at officecreations.net to learn how they can help you with your um, your design efforts. And then also we're sitting here with all of our logoed items that were provided by Brandy Wine Printing. Big thank you to our partner Derek Brooks. We couldn't have done it without him. He came through clutch with all of this for Scythe Business Radio X. Um, signage. And in addition, I think Steve wanted to mention that he is hosting a crawfish boil to celebrate Ted's birthday. I won't disclose the date because I won't embarrass you on air. However, the crawfish boil is on the 25th, right? 25th. Right. And I heard it was a a bring your own meat. Like we just smoke all the meats. Is that true? Everything's provided by by Cooper and company. Cooper and company. And you're going to help me peel the crawfish because I can't, I can't do that myself. Um, You guys, please stay connected with us on social media. It has been a great pleasure coming to you live from our business Radio X studio here in Cumming, Georgia. Again, at Forsyth Business Radio X to stay stay connected. Subscribe wherever you get your audio shows. And also, these shows are available 24-7 online at businessradiox.com. Until next time, I am your host, Amanda Pierch, and this has been um, Forsyth Business Radio.